Spoiler alerts abound here, guys. We are going to be talking about the um, newly released in theaters uh, as of today horror flick Barbarian from 2022. Guys, I want to take this opportunity. I'm, I, I don't have a joke or a pun. I, I just want to have a, like a, a really quick moment of levity where we explore something that's been on my mind, I know, for a long time, um, and that you know, I've been laboring under this for, for really for years now. And I just, this proves it in a lot of ways. Meg loves incest so much. (laughs) She fucking loves it. Every movie you've ever suggested, every movie you've ever suggested has incest in it. I can now, I now have like five top, five examples of this, guys. We'll get into it. We're going to unpack why Meg loves incest no, so much. I don't much. like how this show started. Welcome, boys and ghouls, to upset. another fucking mini-zone of Halloween is Forever. I'm Brian. I'm upset. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Champ. So, guys, going way back, for those of you who have, uh, who have you know, been, been fans of the show, have been loyal listeners to the show, um, and for those of you who haven't, Again, fuck you. Fuck you, but welcome. Yeah, fuck, fuck you. you. Welcome. Welcome. We love you. Meg started out very, very early on. She won the very first showdown episode. Um, and then the very first thing she suggested that we uh, watch was the strange thing about the Johnsons, which is which is incest. A lot of incest. I mean, Again, that's pretty much the whole film, like, you could real. you could go as far as to say it's a monster movie and the monster is incest. <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let me break down that with horror these days, Mm. what is the scariest thing besides what happens in reality? I'm not defending myself. But you did suggest this movie. Talk about tonight. I didn't even know what I was going to walk into. So fuck you, Brian. (laughs) Going back, I I think now this is the fifth example of like intense You're coming at me and I don't like incest it. themes <laughs> in the movie. It's so it's like one of them you do it. Okay. So it happens one time. You're like, Oh, that's, that's, you know, one time. Okay. Whatever. You know, it could happen to anybody twice. Oh, that's a little bit weird. Three. Now we're getting into a convinced, like a, a weird coincidence. Once you get into like four and five time ranges that you specifically suggest 100% of the incest movies, now we're like okay so this this is strange we got to figure this yeah it's i don't like what you're insinuating right now at all i just don't it's a strange things thing about uh halloween is forever let's be real yeah <laughs> yeah um so we are going to spoil the absolutely ever loving shit out of this movie so if you have not seen it i would say that this is one of those movies that you definitely don't want to it, to be spoiled you want to go in as blind as you can which is what i did um i i was fortunate enough for this and nope really i didn't know much about that before i went in mm-hmm. you know really enjoyed the hell out of them and i think maybe this movie more than nope i think i would have been okay if i didn't know well maybe not i don't know let's we'll wait and get into it i don't want to make that statement necessarily right off the bat uh but we're going to get into uh zach craig craigers um 
uh, feature debut barbarian here in a hot, hot sack. But uh, for those of you who are new to the show, on account of this time of, of year, we got a whole bunch of some bitch and freeloaders. They come over here. They're like, what's new? What's new? Halloween, Halloween, going into the search engine. And then they find us and then they come over here and they have the goddamn nerve and audacity to listen to our podcast. And it's bullshit. You guys, if you're not going to listen every single episode, no, uh, we, we have a lot of new listeners this time of year. So I like to explain what we try to accomplish on this here podcast. So what we do is once a month, we have a showdown episode. We have an episode every damn Monday comes out. But on the first Monday of the month, we have a showdown episode. And what we do uh, leading up to that showdown episode is we have this big old spinning wheel that has a bunch of topics on it that were created either by us or suggested by listeners, social media friends, their subgenres, their topics of discussion, their whatever. We spin that wheel, we get three of them. We put it on the social medias uh, and we let our friends and followers and uh, listeners vote. They vote on a topic. Once we have that topic, we pick a movie that pertains to that topic. We watch them. We argue about it. And then we vote. And eventually, somebody reigns supreme, takes home the motherfucking championship belt, that little bit of shoulder candy for that month. They get to flaunt it around. They get to take down Giant Eagle when they're buying their apple cider and their candy corn, swing it around, walk to all four corners of the of the building, you know, do, do you pose on the turnbuckle. Um, and then the next month, it starts all over again. So if you want to help us do that uh, in the future, whether it be suggest topics or vote or do something like that, go ahead and check us out over on our social medias. It's at Halloween is Forever on Instagram, at Hallow Forever on Twitter, Halloween is Forever podcast on Facebook, at Hallow F- Halloween is Forever pod on TikTok, I think, and Halloween is Forever pod at gmail.com or is it just halloween is forever at gmail.com i always forget no, the, that pod, the pods on the gmail the pod portion is on the gmail yeah. doesn't matter don't email us what are you my fucking mom <laughs> don't you need to email don't send a fucking email uh dm us mom would have written a letter yeah. okay let's be yeah. real self-addressed stamped envelope um but Speaking of envelopes, if you do do feel so inclined, if you like this here podcast uh, and you decide to rate or review us on, uh, you know, the, the the Apple podcasts or the or the Spotify's of the world, go ahead. Give us a five star review. First of all, just learned this. Never noticed it before. Bunch of fucking people have reviewed us on, uh, you know, Apple podcasts, wherever they give us the five star review. They say, I like this podcast, you know, whatever. And then uh, if you want to. Show me that. Tell me you did that. And then send me a DM on Instagrams. And then I'll send you some damn Halloween is forever stickers in the mail. Some son of a bitch, some rat fuck gave us a three star mm. at some Ooh. point. What a bitch. So we're at the 4.9 right now. Scumbag. And it's pissing me off. And I'm, listen, <laughs> if you're listening right now, you gave me a three star. <laughs> I'm challenging you publicly to a no holds barred <laughs> extreme rules match. Tax. We're going razor wire. We're going tables. No holds barred. Extreme rules. All right. Coffin We're match. A very serious also. show. And we take all of these reviews very seriously. <laughs> and Brian will come fuck up you guys. So let's fucking get here's the, match. Here's the bullshit of this. Is yeah. This is the first I'm learning of it. Yeah. And I know, I guarantee that person who dropped that three stars didn't yeah. have the courage to write why. <laughs> didn't have the balls. Didn't have the fucking sack. You piece of motherless shit. <laughs> I'm just 
guess we're cutting promos now. <laughs> yeah. I love I love <laughs> I love how we like, don't take criticism well is what we're really coming out and this saying person right that may or may not exist. They might be a fucking fucking Russian bot or something. We're just cutting promos, insulting them. <laughs> the cream <laughs> rises to the top. Um, all right. Uh-huh. So everybody knows that you ain't got the courage. Huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, like I said, follow us over on there. We have a lot of fun over on the social medias. Speaking of showdown episodes, we are coming up here pretty damn close to the uh, to the end of September, which means, guys, you know what's happening <laughs> after September. It's fucking full on spooky season um and we're gonna have a lot of fun halloween themed uh you know episodes and discussions and that sort of stuff content floating around out there on the social medias and internets um but we are going to do uh what is now officially become a tradition because the second year we're doing it we're doing our john carpenter showdown episode um which means instead of us taking those suggestions um that you guys give us we just put all john carpenter's movies on a big old dang wheel and we spin it now we specifically focus on the spooky oogie ones and then we get randomly assigned one we have to watch we have to defend it interestingly enough last week we did the wheel for the john carpenter episode so for those of you who are new i'll be recapping uh this right now here's what ended up happening Meg ended up with a thing, yeah, motherfucker. which is just an absolute, you're just running into a monster hand there. Steve ends up with Halloween, hey, the yeah. fucking perennial classic. I mean, these are probably my two favorite movies in the world. I end up with Assault on Precinct 13, which is a completely out of left field uh, uh, movie for Halloween, <laughs> but a great movie, but it isn't going to stand up to the other two. So essentially what our next showdown episode is, is Steve versus Meg. The fucking showdown, the slobber knocker, the barn burner of the John Carpenter films out there. The thing versus Halloween. And guess who's going to be essentially deciding which one wins? You guys can't see right now. It's a podcast. I'm pointing at my own face. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to be figuring this out. I'm making breaking spooky season for the podcast. You're the special guest referee, essentially. I'm Mike Tyson. Yeah, I'm Mike Tyson, the special guest referee. (laughs) I think the entire episode, you have to talk like Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, I'll point. have to work on that. I'll have to, I'll have to figure <laughs> out and perfect my Mike Tyson impression. I might just be, what if Glenn Danzig was the uh, was the, uh, <laughs> the special guest referee? <laughs> if any wrestling promotions, indie, small, regional wrestling promotions that are out there, please, please bring Glenn Danzig in for a special guest referee spot. Um, I just saw him pop up, a young Glenn Danzig. I was watching one of my favorite just compilation films of all time, which which is um, everything is ter- the great Satan. Mm. You're seeing the great say everything is terrible's the great Satan. Mm-hmm. It's on Tubi. Watch mm. it. Get really stoned. You're going to just your stomach's going to hurt from laughing. <laughs> it's so awesome. <laughs> but they do inject those few little clips of Danzig going like, hey, you ever heard about the the lost books of the Bible? You know, he's just saying <laughs> stupid <laughs> shit like that. He's just like trying to be an edge lord. It's awesome. Um does he, but does he t- talk about boobs? Oh, all? I'm sure they <laughs> cut it through. He was probably like, hey, yeah, you know why I like the Bible so much? There's so many fucking titties over here. Um, but, Did you uh, read that last gospel of Thomas? It's where Jesus touches some boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking big old boobs. Um, so, uh, guys, get ready for that next month, the first Monday in October, which what? 
damn day of the, of the October the third. The third, well, of course, the third. Um, check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's when that some bitch is going to drop. Now, uh, let's get into, uh, before we get into the movie, let's do a little, uh, you know, as is tradition here. What beers is you guys drinking? I am being consistent on my mm-hmm. end. Um, I mean, of course, I have a Modelo as my sidecar, mm-hmm. but my roommate brought back basically hitchhikers collaboration with maggie's farm which is also a painkiller inspired beer yeah that's been that's been your your jam yeah i'm like two weeks in a row Mm -hmm. i get to try this i haven't actually taken a sip Mm -hmm. i like that one no it's it's really actually really good it's really nice yeah very like orange forward and you get like coconut a little bit like coconut sweetness like on the back end meg uh, Meg, Meg brought me one of those painkiller ones who made the uh who was it it was uh Prairie, right? The pr- prairie, prairie one yeah. brought me one. We and went to the. Uh, it, I, think, uh, right? I s- definitely <laughs> slammed it uh, in the parking lot outside stage AE before the idol show. Uh, we did shot. <laughs> we shotgun some beersies. I slammed oh, a couple of those. Video oh yeah, did you? You did take a video. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, it was pretty good though. And I'm not usually a big fruit beer kind of guy, but it was it was pretty enjoyable. I am uh, also very much on brand. Uh, for what I'm drinking, I am drinking a little uh, Oktoberfest uh, Merzen beer, Bavarian style Merzen beer. This is from Ennegren Brewing, uh, which I've had their beers on the show before. Uh, yeah. My friend Scott from California, from Southern California, sent me a little care package of Ennegren beers, um, and um, they're always they're all so fucking good. Uh, but this is their Merzen, which I don't know if I had last year. I don't remember, uh, but. It's fucking delightful as all of their their lager beers are. So um, I got a Schwartz beer. I had like a, a single hot pills. There's something else. What else do I have in there? I don't know. A lot of a lot of fun beers. They do some smoked beers. I'm just, you know, really traditional German style, really well-made German style lager. So like I said on, on brand on brand. Let's see if Steve makes it three for three in terms of on brand beers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking gas. So yes. yes. <laughs> drinking a little bit of the zoom zoom juice, is ya? Yeah. So I had I had this beer and I'm just like it's been sitting in my fridge and it sat for too long and now it's just been too too long. I just have to pinch my nose and drink it. <laughs> um so oh. but it's actually not it's not terrible. It's drinkable, but I don't I don't love it. It's probably better when it's fresh. It mm. is the uh Roke Brewing Company. They're out of Royal Oak, Michigan. And it's R-O-R-O-A-K. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's their blow your face out double IPA. <laughs> it is nice. a ten point five percent ABV, a hundred IBU. Jesus. Uh what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> what is what is this? Two thousand and eight? Yeah, what the I fuck was also trying? thinking the same thing. Yeah. Like, this is the shit that you it's would see. Stone then. ruination. Mm-hmm. That yeah. beer is actually from twelve years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. You just it was super on on, like yeah. It was it was super on trend when he bought it. It's it's mm. hard to tell if like all the unpleasant flavors are because of what it is or because it sat so long. So yeah, yeah. I don't When's know it from how how old is this beer? I think it's got to be at least like nine months, if not more. Mm. It might be it might be like mm. a year old because I bought it at Vintage and I bought it with the like purpose of being on the other podcast, yep. and then I just never put together a show with it and then just. Mm. 
Yeah, so it's been sitting in my fridge, and I'm just like, well, eh, all right. Well, no, at least it's been refrigerated. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. but of course, that, that you're kind of experiencing your own horror film by drinking it at this point, too. You know, you like, there's a lot of suspense leading up mm-hmm. to it. You know, you take your first sip, you're like a little scared. That's yeah. it, it's great. You're I right. Like we it, should you probably know? think about like a craft beer horror film of like, yeah, all of a sudden you wake up and your entire cellar went bad overnight. <laughs> I, the, the first, but it would be because some entity took over and it just turned all the beer back. Uh, yeah. the, the first you're right though Meg because the first bit of horror I had was I when I opened the can I didn't know what was going to happen so I opened it over the sink and then there was just like <laughs> no carbonation like oh no <laughs> I was like oh no <laughs> and no um, yep you know nine month old double IPA that's I heard that's hot in the streets now that's what the right? kids are, are into um, you, why did you not try to sell this yeah <laughs> my bad um, alright uh, so let's get into this son of a bitchin movie again I will reiterate once again if you haven't watched this movie and you have any intentions of watching this movie we're going to spoil the ever loving shit out of it and it's a movie that is definitely uh one you want to go in blind to because there's some cool you know twisty turny stuff that are going to lose a lot of its a lot of its mustard if you go in knowing what the fuck it is obviously so you don't want to lose your don't mustard lose your, <laughs> listen, you don't want it to that's go something my shirt. granddaddy always to told me your- don't lose your mustard <laughs> uh, that old old western pennsylvania phrase <laughs> don't lose your mustard um so uh let's uh, we'll go plot synopsis e but we won't go through every single part of it um but we we also that saw this separately um and we all saw it within the last few days right mm-hmm yeah, I saw it last night. You saw last night. So it's pretty pretty fresh in everyone's mind. Um, mm-hmm. First thoughts, high-level thoughts. How did you feel about it? Did you know anything going in? And how did you feel coming out? This is the weirdest, whitest kids you know sketch. <laughs> Wasn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Where was Timmy? I didn't yeah. get any of the characters. <laughs> yeah. It just, yeah. It didn't make a whole lot of sense as a whitest kids sketch. Long for a sketch, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Very long sketch. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we should say, I didn't mention at the top of the show that the, uh, the director who, um, Zach, Zach, I can't want to say Krieger, Krieger. like, yeah, I can't want to say Krieger, but Zach Krieger, he was a cast member and, and, and part of the, uh, uh, sketch comedy troupe, whitest kids, you know, which used to have a, you know, uh, actually it was a really great show. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he, and, um, who was the name? Cause there was one gentleman he, who was on and, that passed away. Yeah. He and Trevor Moore were kind Trevor of, Trevor Moore. That's yeah, right. They kind of, uh, headed it up and, mm-hmm. but like everybody was a writer on that show. So yeah. yeah. So very, very uh, obviously a known from the comedy world. And this is his first feature length directing debut. I think he, he did have another movie back in like 2012 or something. I don't know if his feature length, I never saw it, but I do know that it's Was got this it March. <sighs> Yes, horrible reviews. I did yeah. see uh, uh, Miss it's March. Got, it's got yeah. It was directed by both Trevor and Zach. Uh, Miss March. Uh, mm. It has pro. It's a bad movie, but yeah, it has two. Did you see it? Oh yeah. I it's yeah. it's one of those movies that I watch like on yeah. the download and kind of <laughs> regularly. Not download kind, anymore, kind of bro. regularly. Yeah, like every just every now and then I'll pop it on because it has just like I don't know. It just has a couple really great bits. It is. Like, I don't know. You can't. It's bad, though. Like, 
Is it a comedy? It, it, yeah, oh yeah, it's a comedy, okay. but it's like super problematic in a lot of ways, and it's like yeah, it's <laughs> very funny though. <laughs> All right, now, now I want to watch it. I just yeah. saw that had like unbelievably bad reviews. Oh yeah, it's um, terrible, but like also it has funny bits. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. So high, uh, like high level review. Like I feel like I walked into it with knowing how many crazy positive reviews that were like coming around they're like oh this is the scariest movie of 2022 and when you get those you're you have to walk into it being like it's it's either being overhyped at this point mm-hmm. or this is totally going to be on point and i i think i'm leaning more towards it's mildly a little overhyped mm-hmm. personally um i i felt like for being as long of a movie as it was which again what is it, like 140 like 145 ish an hour 45 yeah, minutes yeah yeah so. it was 145 150 something like that yeah so that's that's like a longer horror movie Mm -hmm. and i feel like the pace worked because of the way it was broken up which we'll talk about um so i feel like that felt good um there were some fun parts i think justin long played it like i think the actors made the movie better than the overarching movie itself yeah Yeah. good Um, performances good well shot yeah yeah the shot i was gonna say that that might have been one of my really positive takeaways i think like the sound uh was great in it i think the shots were really great in it characters were really good um bill skarsgård was amazing though he like i i thought he was going to play a bigger character in Mm -hmm. it didn't justin long was a douche and you you loved how much of a douche he was you're like wow like that you are on point for every single step of this um but uh and then there's like this almost emotional element at the end that i kind of liked so there were there were a lot of elements that i liked about the film that we'll dive into but i think overarching it was a little overhyped but good yeah yeah i think i i think i agree with a lot of the same things that that you know i think we're on the same page here is i i really liked it i thought it was really well done and despite being an hour and yeah over an hour and 45 minutes it felt pretty tight i thought mm-hmm. um also movies for whatever reason for me don't drag in the theater the way that they drag when i'm watching them at home so like i think i'm a little sure. bit more forgiving to longer movies and also probably because most of the movies I watch in theater are obviously modern movies and they tend like modern horror movies tend to be a little longer. You know what yeah. I mean? The, the mm-hmm. it's and things of the world that, you know, two plus hours. Um, but I think it's coming back around cause I'm seeing a lot of like really tight, like 80 under 90 minute horror movies coming out yeah. now, which I hope is, hope is a trend we continue seeing. But yeah, it, I went in with high expectations because people were talking so much about just how scary it is and everything. And that, was a good thing and a bad thing for me because anytime you hear feel anything hyped you know what i mean it has to live up to this expectation which is not a positive thing but the the other positive thing was i fell for the trailer and which we'll talk about in mm-hmm. a second but the trailer is is a is a whole is a complete misdirect yeah um mm-hmm. which they did a good job of which i think you know that's becoming people are getting more clever with that because it became this thing in the zeitgeist in recent years where like especially i i think about the halloween you know 2018 halloween where it's like so many of the best scenes were in the trailer and people were really pissed about that. And even Halloween kill, same thing. And you know, some, you know, Candyman, all this stuff, you're, you're seeing so much of the movie in the trailers and now people are going the opposite direction and going like, we're going to actually use the trailers as an opportunity to like, just completely fuck with the audience's expectations, um, which mm-hmm. I kind of like, I think that's fun. Um, yeah. and, uh, and this one we'll, we'll get into it here in a sec, but, uh, you know, when you see Bill Skarsgård, huge, you know, 
you know, giant actor and obviously, you know, plays Pennywise, you know, he, he's the he, kind of literal giant. Thing, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, although the guy who played the, the, you know, I'll say the monster in this movie, which we'll get to a guy named Matthew Patrick Davis. He's like six, eight or six, nine yeah. in real life. He's yeah. fucking oh, wow. huge. Um, but anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So this one definitely throws you for uh, a little bit of a loop here. But um, yeah, Steve, did you have anything to add to that before we go through the cast a little bit? I was just going to say just two quick parts. The one comparison I heard pretty often was like everybody was comparing it to Malignant. And I hmm. and like and that's the thing is like it just didn't live up to like that malignant reveal. No, it wasn't. No, yeah. same. Yeah. I like malignant yeah. way more. Yeah, and, and the other thing is just like I didn't necessarily fall for the trailer. Oh, okay, like I I kind of expected something more than what was being led on, especially after especially mm -hmm. after everybody was like word of mouthing this film i was like mm -hmm. oh well there's no way that bill skarsgård is the the villain of this yeah you knew there was going to be something twisty right. but i i didn't think it was going to be you know essentially a a, a monster movie mm -hmm. i thought i thought it was going to be like a fucked up sadistic serial killer 70 type of thing mm -hmm. that goes to a crazy level mm -hmm. like that's and also i kind of didn't care about this movie at all like it wasn't on my radar before it came out and there just wasn't anything that caused me to be like, I can't wait till this comes out, like, and pay attention to trailers or anything about it. So it's just like, for me, I just took it at, at face value. Right. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. uh, it did. It kind of came out of nowhere. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. oh, yeah. have any. Yeah. All and of a sudden, you're like, wait, Bill Skarsgård's in this movie? Justin Long's in this movie? <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I didn't see it a lot being pushed at me, like, online. But I had been going to movies fairly regularly, like, specifically, obviously, horror and it like so it caught my attention like a while ago mm -hmm. you know at least that it was interesting but i i think like i might have gotten tricked in like thinking that bill scar like i think i said bill scar was gonna have like a bigger role in it mm -hmm. and i think like the one of the downfalls of this is that again going the pace was good but i think because of the pace you kind of knew what was going on by the time we had the reveal yeah like you little... knew like you kind of you like you totally before the last half hour, 20 minutes of the movie where we're really getting a lot of the action happening, you kind of are like, okay, all right, like I, I'm here for it. I, like I understand. It kind of reminded me like sometimes with like when you watch say American Horror Story where you're like the first couple episodes is really, they're really scary and you're like, whoa, this is like an amazing concept. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you get these mid couple episodes and you get the reveal and then the rest of it is boring. You're like, wow, this is stupid mm. now. <laughs> yeah. You know <laughs> what? My, the biggest, the biggest, uh, you know, thing like pleasant surprise for me in this one is I'm always excited when I'm just watching a movie, you know, tra la 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 la, just kind of skipping along. And all of a sudden Richard Brake shows up I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, no. He, he's spooky. I love he's him so, so much. good. Like, and I, he's so scary he's so and good. everything. And I just fucking love Richard Brake. It's just his face. Oh, yeah. You're like, you were born for horror. I, he is. And he's not like, it's not like he's like a, it's not that he's ugly he's not a, it's just no, that he's, he's not ugly he's no. like a handsome guy yeah. but he's just it's just harsh fucking sinister it. yeah. like he yeah it's like this tall lanky but he has this almost outlaw cowboy vibe of mm -hmm. him where you're like i know you probably could fuck yeah. some shit he's up. very expressive without being I don't know. That's a bad he, way of saying it. He's very, he, he communicates like he a lot with talk. his face without being super expressive, yeah. I guess. He, he kind of um, has like kind of the same cut to his face that like Michael Rooker does. 
<laughs> yeah, like, I can they, see like that. they're both have just very like very angular yeah. features and just yeah. super sharp and super like just like mm. intense, you know, yeah. without moving yeah. too much of their face. And it's just like Ey. square jaw, totally. just yeah. like looks like he's clenching his teeth all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll get it. Let, let's get let's let's get into the cast then, because the the this first person here I had never seen. Um, apparently, she's in a really good episode of Black Mirror, I think, um, which I okay. haven't seen that episode. Um, but her name is Georgina Campbell, and she plays Tess, who's you know kind of the main or one of the main you know protagonists in the film. She has a very familiar face, but I could not place her. And I tried to look, and I'm like, these are a lot of like not like them. Like they sound like TV. Like she played a lot of TV. Yeah, shows she's she's on like, BBC. She's on BBC television. She's a British actor, actress. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, she had a filming face, but I couldn't put her, put her anywhere. But. Yeah, she's she's like very pretty. Like, uh, just I think she looks like she she has a very uh, like similar look that they're trying to like cast a lot of like millennial like actors you know what i mean mm-hmm. i just feel like they 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 probably have a type and i don't know who it's based on they're like oh we're going for this type kind of thing um but she like mm-hmm. i said she, she zendaya type yeah yeah perhaps yeah <laughs> um yeah so um she's uh but she, she did a fantastic job um which now i want to go see that episode of uh, of black mirror that she was in because i heard it was a really good one um but uh so she plays tess and then uh bill skarsgård plays keith um and uh then later we get justin long who plays aj and then like i said we have richard Brake as frank which we'll talk about a little bit here and then um we do get that uh matthew matthew patrick davis as kind of the monster character which we'll talk about here in a few minutes and there's some other like tertiary characters um uh, andre is played by uh james butler who i didn't i don't know him either i don't recognize him either um but andre was the the homeless guy mm-hmm. um kind of living in the neighborhood mm-hmm. anyway we'll talk about that um you know as we get into it and there's some tertiary character stuff but those that's kind of the main cast um and it really focuses the first act focuses on tess and she is um she's got an airbnb reservation she's going to detroit for a job interview um and she books this um kind of not on purpose books this airbnb in a not good you know uh, looks to be a pretty downtrodden uh neighborhood um you know potentially dangerous neighborhood based on um you know what she's hearing in the neighborhood and things that she obviously are proven to her later she goes to the airbnb it's like a you know a dark and stormy night kind of thing i i heard somebody actually describe this as almost like um uh Oh, never mind. I'm, I'm thinking of a different movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, never mind completely. I was going to say, because this reminded me of Clue oh, a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, when yeah, they come to the door yeah, in the yeah. night. But then I was I, I was listening to a podcast recently and somebody was describing a different movie that just came out not long ago as like the clue of this generation or whatever. Mm. They weren't talking about this movie, but um, this does this, this does remind me of the intro, you know, to clue a little bit where you're like, or even Rocky Horror Picture Show, I guess, you know, it's the classic, yeah. mm, like yeah. dark and stormy night. You're broken down on the highway. You know, you're walking through the rain. You knock on the creepy door, but she booked this Airbnb. She goes to, you know, to go in the key's not there. Um, she bangs on the door and, uh, and Keith, Bill Skarsgård's character comes to the door and he is, um, really laying on the, I'm creepy, but trying to be not creepy 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm a I'm the cool guy. Yeah. Like everything's chill. Like this is totally unplanned. Yeah. Blah blah blah. But you you have a feeling like it, that I, maybe it's a red herring of sorts. Like that they play onto that you feel like maybe it could be the um, trailer, but also you kind of feel that way with him that he he's not super trustworthy. At yeah, first. they are definitely. They are red herring, herring you herring pretty hard here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, with because he's trying to do this thing of like eating a lot of herring, like a good spoon. <laughs> yeah. you know, you're, you're getting your guys. fill of herring here. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yes. right, Meg. You should have figured it out that way. Swedes and herring. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. <laughs> So I knew I was going to drop it at some point, y'all. It seems like he's um, he's he's gaslighting her. Well, it seems like he's doing the the I'm a nice guy routine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she's also like they're making it very clear that she's very cognizant of what's happening Mm -hmm. so much so that she's like very diligent about like locking her door. So I, I, I'm jumping ahead, but basically what happens is they come to the conclusion that they've double booked this Airbnb or that's what he's mm-hmm. telling her is that I booked this and she's like, I booked this months ago. And they're like, all right, we'll, we'll try and get in touch with the owner. They're not able to get in touch with the owner. It's, you know, dark and stormy night, bad neighborhood, whatever. Uh, hey, you know, you should just crash here. I'll sleep on the couch. You can go in the bedroom. So she locks herself in the bedroom. She goes as far as like going through his things and taking a picture of his ID um, and just doing things to just like, she's very skeptical of, uh, of, of him. Oh, totally. And I, but I feel like that, again, with back to the red herring of it all is that like, it almost feels like he is uh, pandering to her. That's mm-hmm. how it feels. Yeah. It feels like, like, like know, he's kind of some... gaslighting her into going like, no, I'm really a nice guy. Like I know this is a sketchy situation, but there's nothing to be worried I about. I thought he was lying about his career and his background. Yeah, like same. I, I, for a moment I was like, no, you're just making this yeah, up. Same. I think. And, and that's obviously what they wanted you to think. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so it was, you know, done, done really well in this instance. Um, and then, you know, she wakes up and her bedroom door is open. Um, and then you hear these like feet slapping running down the hallway. Like somebody's mm-hmm. not being subtle about what's happening. Um, and this is a scene that was actually in the trailer. Um, and then she ends up hearing him like talking in his sleep. Um mm-hmm. and then they have this little, you know, awkward situation that goes that happens and um and she goes back and falls asleep. So she's like, well, maybe it wasn't him because he's talking in his sleep. I don't know. But you're like, is he gaslighting her? Is he like kind of playing her here? Uh, but the next morning um, she wakes up and, you know, he's gone for the day. She goes to the job interview um, and the the people at the job interview actually go as far as to say, like, you probably shouldn't be in that neighborhood. But uh, then she, whenever she comes back, um, she gets chased as she comes to the house by the guy you later learned to be Andre, this homeless guy who's basically saying like, you got to get out of this house, get the fuck out of there kind of thing. So it's like this, you know, omen, you know, uh, uh, harbinger of doom kind of character. Um, but you don't, you know, you, you think, oh, is he mentally ill? Like what's happening? Mm-hmm. You don't really know. Yeah. The, the, just one of the things that are, is like really important to this is like, the, uh, we talked about the way it's filmed and everything. And one of mm-hmm. the things that this film does really great is just the feeling of darkness and oppression, just mm-hmm. like darkness all around mm-hmm. you and surrounding you. And that's what you get at the start of the film is like none of the houses around the, the Airbnb have lights on. You can't see mm-hmm. into the neighborhood. You can't see like five feet beyond your face. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And then it's after she wakes up in the morning that she sees how fucking terrible the neighborhood is. Like mm-hmm. everything is bombed out and destroyed. And like it looks, you know, more or less mm-hmm. like a war zone that they're in yeah. with this one weird house standing by itself. Yeah. And this is the uh, the interesting thing about this. I, I learned later, I was listening to a podcast actually with uh, Zach Kreger um, talking about it, is he actually shot this in Bulgaria. Mm. Um, and really? Yeah. And I guess that's where they're shooting the new Toxic Avengers movie. And like, yeah. you know, uh, so a lot of people are, are, I guess, Bulgaria is becoming kind of a hot spot to like shoot but on a budget. Am I am I miss it, remembering incorrectly where Midsummer? Wait, where was Midsummer filmed? I was think it was Romania or Bulgaria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Romania. Yeah, okay. Romania yeah. is a big spot and has been for a few years to to go. Mm-hmm. And this is the first movie that I heard of in Bulgaria, and I was like, oh, maybe that's the new like you know, cool, cheap place to shoot. And um, I think sure. he said in the interview, I was listed that there were nine other American productions happening oh, yeah. in Bulgaria at that same time. So that's wild. Yeah. It sounds like this is like the new, the new hot, cheap place to, you know, you can get good quality work done and they have, you know, they, they can pull together a professional crew for, you know, on the cheap kind mm-hmm. of thing. Cause I think I looked, this movie was like a $10 million budget, um, but it was greenlit by 20th century fox before disney bought them mm. so i think it was like one of those things where it was like grandfathered in kind of thing but then disney ended up you know saying like oh we got this horror movie you know in the hopper okay um let's not really put a lot of promotion out there let's do a white theatrical you know release on a relatively cheap you know yeah. shoot and let's make a bunch of money and they have i think it was the number one you know grossing movie the, the weekend it released oh, yeah. um so um yeah so they 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 marketed it really well like and and it's one of those mm. things where you like to you know as a film fan be like oh they created that you know that uh that trailer as a way to like you know trick you and blah 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 all the stuff but really you know it you know kind of all marketing stuff like the the director has absolutely no say in mm-hmm. what the trailer cut looks like but um certainly not for a you know, movie owned by a subsidiary of Disney, right. of Disney, you know, lucky, luckily, luckily though, they recognize the, the value in marketing it the way they did. Yeah. They Rather did. than and giving they did a great it away. Job of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just throwing it on Hulu or some shit. Um, the other thing though, is, uh, that neighborhood, um, the one thing he said was that in Bulgaria, like nothing looks like America, mm-hmm. you know, like the architecture, the built, no, no houses look like. Mm-hmm. It, so they actually built that neighborhood in the middle of a field. Um, mm-hmm. And so most of the houses are just like facades, basically, um, mm-hmm. which I imagine it's easy to make a really shitty looking neighborhood out of facades. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, I mean, the, uh, Rob Zombie is just done the same exact thing for the, the, oh, with monsters. the monsters yeah, yeah. He, like he built yeah. the entire like neighborhood in an mm. eastern i'm looking right now to see if it was also oh uh, he did it in hungary like yeah, yeah. so yeah oh, he wow. just built the entire neighborhood in hungary because they're mm-hmm. like yeah yeah the architecture doesn't look right and also monster house <laughs> hungary is one of the few places where maybe there is a house that looks like the monster's house <laughs> i don't know Maybe the mild ethical part of me is like, yeah, but what are they doing with all these structures afterwards? Or are they just like tearing, tearing them all down? Or are they like, I don't know. It, it, well, I think a lot like of them, exploitive. it's just facades, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they're not building the yeah. entire home. Um, sure. And the interior shots are obviously happening in a, you know, at a different, you know, in a, an established, mm-hmm. you know, spot. But um, 
Yeah, no, it's probably getting all torn yeah, down. I don't, I, would imagine. I don't think they're building full ghost towns like the way you see, you know, like there were ghost towns in the old west. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, just so the exploitive nature of it, mm-hmm. if, you know, it's just mm-hmm. interesting to watch within like the film world that we're like kind of seeing now. You know, I think like before oh, yeah. we do the show. Yeah, there's, I mean, I there's definitely that, an exploited. So nature to even going over to these countries because i mean yeah, you're you're looking totally. to save as much money as you can and get things yeah. made on the cheap and done on the cheap but at the same time and circumvent circumvent union labor mm-hmm. and all that yeah. stuff too yeah i almost like i'm always like just hypothesizing too with like what streaming has kind of done and why they're doing these type of things but that could be a whole other conversation sure. yeah. anywho <laughs> moving on Movie. Yeah, so uh you know, Tess is searching for she's searching for like toilet paper or something, I think, at, mm-hmm. th- at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ends up down in the basement. Bad idea, but she ends up down in the basement. Um, and then she locks herself down in the basement. Um, so she's searching, trying to figure out how to get out of there. Um, and then she finds this secret like corridor thing, um, which there's like this rope through the wall and it's clearly meant to keep someone in (laughs) kind of thing. It seems pretty clear. Um, Mm -hmm. and then she finds this really, you know, creepy classic, uh, room you would, you would expect in like some sort of like, um, abduction movie where there's just like a stained gross mattress with a, with a, you know, a camcorder kind of pointed at it type of thing. We got the shit, the shit pot too. Yeah. Though, you oh, know? the old like, shit pot. Yeah. You never want to see that. Yeah. You never want to, you never want to see a shit pot when you walk into a room. That's uh, usually a frowny face. Um, but she, uh, <laughs> she, she gets the fuck out of there and then, and you know, and Keith, Keith lets her out. And then, you know, once he gets back, And then she tells him, you know, what's going on down there. And he goes to check it out um, and he doesn't come back. And then that's when I fuck off. But um, (laughs) she she goes back down, um, you know, try. Wait, what was your can I ask you, like, what was your initial thought? Because I had an initial thought about her decision to go down there. No, what was going to be the case? uh, Keith, like. Keith having disappeared. Yeah. I think this is where, I mean, obviously the red herring is completely shattered at this point, mm. but they still up to this point are still making you believe that somehow he is part of all of this that's going on. Yes. Yes. House. You know, I didn't know if it was going to be some like wacky cult thing or something. Like I knew there was going to be some sort of big, I don't say twist, but you know, it was going to go crazy because otherwise people weren't going to talk about it like they did. Um, and like, you know, even, you know, we talked about malignant malignant, you knew there was this big, crazy batshit thing that happens and everything was pretty standard for a while. But the thing that happened is so batshit that it truly lived up to the hype. Um, and this thing, I was almost expecting, I think malignant ruined all twists for me forever <laughs> because it's the greatest twist in cinema history. No, but it's it, seriously, it's, it's, you know, so this one, I was like, are they going to try to do something like that? Are they going to do it where, you know, Bill Skarsgård's a fucking giant spider or some dumb shit? You know what I mean? That's kind of what I had in yeah. my head is he's a fucking alien or he's, you know, he's doing, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I, I saw people describe this movie, too, as um, uh, as sadistic. Like I saw a quote or something like it was some sort of sadistic movie. And I was like, OK, so that leads me to believe there's like a torture component, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. so I'm like, who is doing the torturing? Is it Bill Skarsgård? Is he 
like I almost expected him to be like the toady of some other, you know, right. super serial killer. That's kind or of where cult. I thought it was going. Yeah. Or a cult or fucking aliens or fucking druids or some shit like that. Yeah, I, th- I thought this was a cult movie because I don't know. There was something in the promotions that I saw that was like, I think it was I think it was centered around like that TV we eventually see. Oh, yeah, there was yeah. something about that that I saw, like the TV, and it's like, oh, it's some sort of reprogramming. Like they, they, like they take people into the basement and reprogram them for whatever, and like a like a, a Stockholm syndrome type of mm-hmm. thing or something. Mm-hmm. And he and maybe Bill Skarsgård was originally the, a victim or something like that. Yeah, no, that that that's kind of the the rough direction I was thinking too. Meg, what did you think? I honestly thought it was more like Bill Skarsgård was part like. He at some point was the lore to the house. Like that's kind of where I was at mentally. And I thought that he somehow was then going to like, like you saw the basement, you knew something was going on down there. But I think I thought that again, Bill Skarsgård, Keith was going to be luring people down there and then something else was going to happen. That was my thought. Yeah. That's where I was at. And then this obviously was the moment we completely were like, nope, this isn't happening. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I um, I was going to suggest that we refer to Bill Skarsgård as Billy Skateboards. <laughs> I just think that's a very oh God, funny way of referring <laughs> no, to it. No, but I also feel like you're now demeaning the um, his Scandinavian background. Yeah, Billy, Billy, Billy Skateboards. Yeah. That's a sick name. Because, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do to my last name next? Uh, you know? I'll think of something. Also yeah, Skateboards. Billy, <laughs> yeah, skate, skateboards. It's all, your nickname's all so names are just like <laughs> Scar. Oh I just kept saying Scarsgar when I was talking to this movie. Scarsgar, Scarsgar, Scar. And I just eventually it just sounded like I was saying like a weird, you know, when you say like podcast and all yeah. that stuff. But Scarsgar, <laughs> skateboard, Scar. Billy, Billy, how, skateboard. How do you feel um, about Maggie C. Do? <laughs> oh my god, I hate you so bad. For everyone who doesn't know my last name, Seastead. My last name is Seastead. Maggie Seadu. <laughs> Maggie Seadu and Billy Scars. Billy Skateboards. Skateboards. I, mean, it's, I guess it's the closest thing because, uh, yeah, like the meaning of my name is like related to the sea. So, yeah. I mean, whatever. We should. That, that's a t shirt. It. It's Billy Skarsgård with his one, you know, floating eye with like a hat on sideways, Jenko's holding a fucking <laughs> sick blind board. Oh my God. But still like the craziest face. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, he's great. He's that. he's fucking fantastic. Yes. Love me some Billy skateboards. But um, <laughs> so I mean, but that the whole idea of that room though too, I think it definitely gives you this hint of like, there's something greater going on that we don't understand. And then all of a sudden, Keith like disappears, and you're like, no, this is her trap. This is when she's gonna get caught. Like somehow a door is gonna shut, or blah blah blah. Like she's gonna be caught. Yeah. Um. And but I, I do like the cult angle because I feel like that's how it feels. But um, yeah, any of us go on and actually tell the people yeah. who haven't seen it who are now wanting us to spoil the fuck out of this for them. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. So so basically, she goes back down to you know play hero and find him, and he gets down there, and you can hear him like screaming and stuff. You know, so it's it's pretty creepy, very tense scene, and the whole movie is like pretty tense. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which you know they do a great job of building that tension up. And then finally he does the old like jumping screaming out of the out of the tunnel and you're doing it almost reminded me of VHS 94 a little bit like when they're going down that corridor thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he pops out with his crazy Billy skateboard face and you know you're like what's happening you know is he is he still trying to like fuck with her or what is this like a big game to him and you know he's saying that some that um, someone bit him or something bit him. Yeah. Um, And they're all 
freaking out, panicking, and all of a sudden, but we still don't fully believe. No, him. you don't I believe think him. As much as she started, she as much as she started trusting him, I think at this point, you we still have not as an audience mm-hmm. trusted him. Yep. So. Like she's still like I I no no I'm not gonna follow you this way mm-hmm. no this is you're telling me you're gonna go into the right. fucking and then, fire and, yeah and yeah because he's trying to drag her in a direction and then the other thing is like he says he got bit but like you know and this is just good on the camera work and everything is like you never actually see him injured. Like he doesn't look injured no, you in what you're saying. Right. A bite yeah. or anything, right? It's not right. like his arms off. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I do want to add though that like I think all of the scariest elements are just down in this cave and i think they did a great mm-hmm. job with not only um obviously the character will eventually like totally introduce um just like the way they worked with the shadows and just the panic that you feel within mm-hmm. it and i feel like almost the soundscape within it like kind of lowers mm-hmm. in this period mm-hmm. like so you're creating your own tension because the darkness is creating it for you is kind of how i felt very yeah and she's too. seeing some fucked up stuff when she's going down there she finds the other tunnel and like obviously evidence that like people are being you know held down here against their will but anyway so let's 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 cut to the chase here all of a sudden uh big enormous naked you know fucked up hills have eyes looking giant tittied woman comes running out big old swingers and she comes flying out and never it just had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> she just she probably got back pain. Oh yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, they probably each weigh about forty pounds. Uh, I mean, she's, she's still a giant just, though. So she, yeah, she's, she's also <laughs> about seven yeah. foot. Like she looks like a giant monster. Um, and she, you know, obviously attacks them and then just bashes uh, uh Billy Skateboard's brains in. Um, and which I thought was a good kill. I will. Oh yeah, great one, great one, kill. great kill, great <laughs> scene overall. And this was, I mean, this was kind of the. Maybe the height of the movie. I mean, they do some a, a couple pretty wild things later um, that aren't as effective, but that are bold swings that I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is, uh, you know, this is the this is the pinnacle of the movie in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so she 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 fucks up old Billy skateboards, and then and then it's just like cut to two weeks later. So this is the the psycho, you know, treatment, whereas you get introduced to these characters, you think they're a big part of it, and all of a sudden they just die and now you're just in a completely different direction. Um mm-hmm. now of course they 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 eventually, you know, cross paths later on, but you you fast forward to two weeks later and you get introduced to Justin Long's character, which I know that Justin Long has become kind of a like um kind of a like weird like he's the guy that a lot of like broy horror bros have a crush on. Like they mm-hmm. love Justin Long. Well, it's I think it's because like when I, I was talking to someone else about this, and I think like a lot of people still associate him with like some more comedic or like rom com type. Sure, roles. it could be. I mean, I think Tusk. So I think tu- that's yeah. what they're Tusk too. Yeah. yeah, you don't fully take him seriously. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think it was still. Yeah. What was the other one? There's another. He was in another pretty big horror movie. What Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers. Oh, Jeepers like Creepers. Yeah. Of course, he's yeah, he's he's great in that. Um, but I thought that I mean, I mean, these are two vastly different films that we're talking about: Tusk versus Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. And I mean, Jeepers Creepers being the one that you're like, no, this is actually can be considered really scary. And I I thought it was pretty scared when I watched mm. it. Whereas Tusk is like this feels satirical and just like fucking weird. Oh yeah. Shit. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, um, but I love that it's, it's played so straight. Yeah. 
that's the best yeah. thing about it. No, and that's why it yeah. works. But it, I mean, just, I mean, he's a great actor. I'm not going to lie. Like, he's a really, really great right. actor, and he's like probably him. not in enough things. Um, but he does usually pick pretty interesting projects. Um, I, mm-hmm. I I find in in at least in the horror genre. But he, um, uh, yeah, I just notice a lot of like horror bros when I was like watching like people's reviews and stuff like this that they were all like fucking love Justin Long he's my dude like they just all kind of like <laughs> love he's him. also a douchebag in this movie so it all is on brand yeah also all, well all and I up. don't know yeah. that I hear what yeah, you're I don't, saying I, I, I think he's saying. you know I don't I don't I, I am no uh I'm not questioning that he's like uh, uh he, he's very like boyish charming handsome guy and but he so he plays a really great douchebag yeah um you know so like yeah yeah like it like in in uh in tusk or um uh, yeah so yeah and a merry fuck kill I marry him. You know, he's, he's that, a good he's looking that, he's a handsome know, boy like, yeah because he also has yeah. that he has the comedic end to it because i i didn't really know him from jeepers creepers because i never got into those movies but i knew him from dodgeball dodgeball mm. and uh and he was in uh accepted i don't know if yeah, you yeah, remember yeah. accepted that was a fun that was like a college you know funny college mm-hmm. movie back in the day we watched um mm-hmm. as well so yeah but he was always this like you know the, yeah the handsome boy next door type yeah. of thing um, i think you made a good point that he's chosen things i think maybe in his older like older years where are like he still appreciates the art of like film. Yeah. and i think so that's why he's yeah. chosen i think i think too. jason biggs stole too many of his roles and that's why he isn't is <laughs> as in, his, in as many things I, as he should be <laughs> Probably. I don't know where I saw it, but uh, I think I saw that Zac Efron was sought out, out after for his role hmm. in this movie and hmm. turned it down. Hmm. Interesting. He would have been good in the Bill Skarsgård role. Yeah, hmm. actually. Oh, I didn't even think no, about that. I, I feel like he's too short. I can't take him seriously. He's too short. He <laughs> needed a Bill Skarsgård who had this like indie artistic like mm-hmm. identity. I think Zac Efron would have been more believable in the red herring aspect if he was in yeah. Keith's role. But I think you still needed Bill Skarsgård looks like he is in the music right. world. You know what I mean? Like, in, like you know, yeah. 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 yeah uh, Zac Efron's too good looking. He takes me out of things. <laughs> like he looks like a, he yeah, looks like a, a like a Ken like, doll kind yeah. of thing. Um, so he, he just immediately looks uh, like, Almost, but in a Mary Fuck Kill, he would be the fuck. That's it. You know, he would not be the. Man. Yeah, he he looks. He's like the bad guy. Yeah, he's the he's the bad guy in like a comedy about like skiing. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. He's like yeah. yeah. He's like my dad owns a mountain. Like, Do you know that's who I am, bro? Like. Do you know who my yes. dad is? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You're, you're, we're all saying the same thing, guys. Yeah, no, it's just funny to bag on Zac Efron because he has um, everything. Yeah, he's exactly. <laughs> he's very good looking. Fuck him. Um, it's called pretty privilege. <laughs> Let's go. But uh, it, none of us have. Yeah. <laughs> he he looks like a, a um, yeah he looks like a he's made of plastic like not a real human. Um, but uh, yeah, so g- getting back to uh, to um, Justin Long as AJ, he's this actor, and we pretty much um, learn right off the bat that he's like a total piece of shit, and there um, he um, uh, coerced or or there was rape allegations by one of his co stars on the show that he's on, and pretty much, I mean, we come to learn they're a hundred percent founded, mm-hmm. um, which. I, I feel like it works for his role in this, but I felt like for the movie overall, um, we probably could have figured out that he was a douchebag in other ways. Mm-hmm. 
but I felt, so I felt <sighs> like that being such a high profile topic right now, maybe, I mean, what do you see? You're like given a face. I'm just, I'm curious I'm just thinking of the way. I, I, yeah. It, no, no, it totally worked. Like within the film, it works. I just don't think we needed to find, because like the way his character progresses is it starts with like, okay, all we're seeing in this scene that we're talking about now is just like there's people on his speakerphone. Like we don't see any of the interactions. Right. We never see the co-star that makes allegations against him. So like yeah. you, you have to right. kind of take him at face value of like he's making denial, denial, denial. And then he admits it. Mm-hmm. But then you then he tries in a way to make amends. And I'm, I'm jumping forward a little too much there. But like he tries to make amends. But yeah. he doesn't because he's doing it drunkenly he's doing it in that oh no i wasn't i wasn't even talking about that i was talking about like way farther forward where they're oh we're trying to like he's actually trying to yeah he's like maybe i was just a good person who made a bad decision maybe i'm a bad person Hmm. but i'm trying to do the right thing now but he doesn't you know but he doesn't but he doesn't yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) no but so maybe it does work for his characters it just felt like so on point for the time that they're definitely tr- who that who are in this movie they're trying to appeal to is like mm-hmm. very relevant people who are into like understanding what's going on relevantly versus yeah. you know but I, yeah but i think i think it sets up a good turn then double yeah. turn no, i agree is it is, is is that he like yeah he's a he's gets accused of something and you're like um maybe he's a douchebag admits it oh he's a total douchebag then comes back and says you know oh maybe he's not a douchebag he's trying to yeah. reform and then yeah. and then the end right 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 okay yeah mm-hmm. now i'm with you yeah it's like um i i think the the place that it kind of paid off i mean yeah he did have like a, a, a an arc you know not not necessarily a positive mm-hmm. one but i think the the thing that he that made sense was the fact that he all of a sudden became desperate. Like he was the guy on top of the world. Now all of a sudden he's, you know, he, he's becoming desperate in that he has owned this house. So so anyway, you, you learn pretty quickly that AJ um, owns the house that Tess and Keith were in. He owns it in Detroit. He lives in LA. He's like a million miles away. He doesn't touch. He doesn't see it. Doesn't do anything. But all of a sudden now he has to sell off a bunch of his real estate because he's in all this legal trouble and he just got, you know, lost his job and all this stuff. I honestly think like this might be a weak point to the movie as well of like understanding crazy. He's from the, he's from Detroit. But why would he have ever invested in this neighborhood knowing that the next basic series of the movie that we'll get into that this, this neighborhood years and years and years ago was going downhill. So I, I feel like I don't, uh, yeah, pre-investment, pre-investment to resell. I I would get that if there was something else going, we're not given that information. Like I understand what you're saying when you say that, but somehow Mm -hmm. this house has been the only one preserved because someone's actually living in it. But like, the neighborhood is still being seen as a very downtrodden, like we're not given the hints that there's somehow investment happening in this neighborhood. So yeah. that, that's why I'm just like, no, I, I, I took it as he inherited it or something happened. And then he literally hasn't been there in yeah. decades. Like he doesn't see it, doesn't touch yeah, it, like doesn't even know barely where it is, you know? Yeah. yeah. Cause, yeah, cause his yeah. money manager mentions he has like Michigan properties mm. So he has more than mm-hmm. one. I just took it as like he bought a bunch of stuff in his local neighborhood as like investing in penny stocks yeah. 
as hoping, mm. you know, you can turn one around at some mm. point, but it's just holding on yeah. to them. Yeah, I, I think the most for me, the the only part that's kind of unbelievable about this is like, would he really fly out just to to do this? He wouldn't have his people who have been managing the properties and stuff do this. Well, he was like, I feel like he was going to hide away. I think that was what the way I took it. Well, no, he was like measuring everything. I think he was getting ready to like sell it. He was there, you know what I mean? But based on what Steve said, though, too, you know, but I mean, I think it was a culmination of he has to sell a bunch of shit off and he also wants to hide away. And because he talked to his mom that one time and, you know, you could tell that like she's like, you should come home and, you know, your dad wants to see you and you can clearly see he has daddy issues of sorts. But um, (laughs) but yeah, I guess that's why I took it as too is like. He's just an opportunistic person, but this space was just one of those places he could hide away and be close to home, be something close to familiar. And I, and I got that hit mm-hmm. because of him going out. I think he wanted something that would be comforting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. He, he, um, I mean, he, so he comes back to the house and he finds, you know, people's stuff still there. Um, and he just figures that there's like squatters in his house, um, and looks around, nobody's there. And then he goes out, you know, yeah. drinking with his buddy and and um, and basically, uh, you know, is talking about the accusations. And again, to nine to nine to nine, he's all fucked up. Um, and then he comes back to the house all hammered um, and goes down in the basement. And f- why does he go down in the basement when he gets back? I don't, is well, that he's, what he's, he's measuring? See, he, is it? Yeah, he's measuring it. But also he sees the door mm-hmm. open. The like the door is propped open from Tess when he first arrives. But it wasn't nice. Oh, and right. and like, the lights right. on. It could also be because that night it could also be the quote unquote barbarian of sorts. But anywho, I I know that's what would be make sense is that he's seeing it because Tess was there. But anyway, yeah. So he he goes down and and finds the the hidden door and the tunnel and all that stuff, and then finds the this room um that you see in i think you saw it in the preview which got like blankets all over the floor and stuff and there's this little like tv um playing in the corner about mm-hmm. like breastfeeding like babies and stuff and um and then uh and then he's chased by then all of a sudden you know which i i saw the character is named on imdb the mother mm-hmm. Um, big titty mama. She pops out, chases him. Big old swingers come flying out. Um, and he runs away and falls into this pit. Um, you know, kind of Buffalo Bill style pit. Um, mm-hmm. and Tess is down there and she's she's alive and she basically says, like, shut the fuck up, calm down, drink the milk. Just drink it like. Do yes. What, yeah. yeah like. She basically says like the, the, she wants you. She wants to believe that you yeah. are her child, her child. So just go along with it kind of thing. The mother, she makes tre- uh, Tess drink, uh, you know, milk, you know, bottle of milk and then um, is, you know, kind of mothering her and stuff. And, and uh, but then AJ won't do it. So she gets dragged to the room with the TV um, and, you know, forces him to be, you know, breastfed with them. Like I said, those aforementioned mm-hmm. big old swingers. <laughs> I feel like that, sorry to interrupt on this one, but this is like this is the angle where I think I start having like a mild um I don't want to, I don't like the word emotional bond. Like horny. <laughs> nope. 
Nope. Oh, sorry. Um, no, I mean, sorry. boobs are great, but I was not turned on by these ones. That's fine. Um, well, well, that's pretty elitist. <laughs> you know what? I like... Nope, no, I'm actually going to go there. I'm going to stop. I'm going to keep moving on. No, I feel like... Stop underground monster <laughs> shaming. Um, I start... Stop inbred giant underground monster uh, shaming. You know, to each their own. She's, she's hot and nasty at one point. Um, is that there's like this emotional bond. <laughs> she's so dirty. Dude. I like stringy hair. Yeah. That's my thing. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I think it was the teeth for me. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, Strong teeth, yeah. So I think you start getting this emotional bond. So you start building this other layer. To, like before we really even understand why this thing is down there you're like oh something has happened and maybe it's like the the femme part of me where i'm like having this like emotional bond with like this motherly character where i'm like oh no this thing is not actually that terrible it just wants to mother things and wants to take care of something because of whatever traumatic things it's going through so again and I mean, it's backed up. I think in one of the last scenes is probably one of the last times I could say what I'm saying right now, where I'm like, oh, wow, I actually have feelings. I have a feeling. Yeah, I have feelings for this character right now, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also almost a Frankenstein-ish type of thing. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, it, it hasn't been expressed at the moment, but like there, you have to assume like there's something else behind all this because there's no way this barely verbal inbred you know monster has created this underground network of tunnels Mm -hmm. and just like created all these things around it so like there's obviously something behind it Mm -hmm. you just don't know what it is yet but you learn very you learn sure yeah we learn very soon now for sure yeah so um tess escapes at this point um you know aj's really getting the business so she escapes um and this is when Andre, I'm trying to remember. He ends up in the house. the 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 homeless guy. He ends up. Okay, how do so they end up remember, meeting at this like, point? I think we missed it in the beginning where she's chased when she first gets back from that interview, and I think it's Andre. Yeah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it like, is. Yeah, we so, mentioned. Yeah, we earlier. mentioned. That. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like. No, I think, I think what we're skipping over. We're skipping over Richard Brake getting introduced. No, 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 that, no. This comes up here oh, okay. in a second. I thought, yeah. I thought. I thought he. Yeah. I thought he came up before she escaped. No, because he because this is the point where Andre basically like explains the lore Mm -hmm. a little bit and like basically says, like, you got to get the fuck out of here before it's Mm -hmm. dark because because this monster comes out. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Um, And he basically is like, you're fucking stupid if you try to go back in there and save AJ. Um, And and then she like tries to explain what's happening to the cops and um, all that. And then that's when you get like the after that's when you get the flashback. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, because she escapes. She breaks like the basement window and climbs out, mm-hmm. and then walks and then walks to town. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, and he does this. He he goes as far as to say like, which got me all excited. And then we didn't really. I don't. I I because he says something about like talking. I assume talking about the mother is like she's not even the worst thing mm-hmm. down there. And it, which I was like, oh, that was sweet. That was like almost this Lovecraftian type right. of thing. But. You never really. I mean, I he 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 could have been referring to Frank. That, of course. Yeah, um, yeah, which is probably right. the case. But I got all excited because I was like, "Ooh, more like crazy, like bigger titty monsters." <laughs> maybe she, maybe yeah. she has a brother. Taller, taller? Wait, <laughs> yeah. what is Dick have been so big? 
He's got a lot of swinging things. Could have been. All right. These people got a bunch of swingers down there. Um, but so uh so yeah, and then you you so yeah, I kinda already said he basically says, like, don't fucking go down there, you know, don't go back in there, get the fuck out of town. Um, and uh they try to, you know, explain he she tries to like basically tell these two like very jaded, like asshole cops, and they're basically like fuck off. They're like, yeah, this neighborhood's bullshit, whatever. There's always shitty things happen. Fuck you guys. Yeah, they just have written off this neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so then this is when you get a flashback and you start to get everything kind of explained to you. So, it shows, you know, back in the, I, it, is it like the late seventies, early eighties kind of thing? I guess it's early eighties because they mentioned Reagan on the radio. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, and they show the house's original owner, which of course is Richard Brake as Frank. And Frank was a like super fucked up, sadistic, serial murderer and rapist that just abducted like dozens and dozens, assumedly, of uh, of young women um, and held them down in like rooms within these like catacombs under his you know, house, um, you know, obviously like raped and had, you know, forced them to have children and then he had children with those children and so anyway you're talking about like decades and and within those decades multiple generations of like super inbred fucked up offspring that frank this guy frank has created and held in his basement and now you so gross because now you know the origin of the mother yeah because it's like the way i don't know like the way it was just always described it's like wasn't just like a single inbreeding situation. It's like inbreeding upon inbreeding upon yeah. inbreeding. Yeah. Like, oh, like this is, oh God. I, <laughs> but like this thing is like by that point, wouldn't the, like, again, she obviously she, the, 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 the mother, she's very like deformed and, and fucked up and stuff. But like, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't be eight foot tall and super strong. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure she'd just have like bird bones and her teeth would fall out and, you know, right. Have, and a bleeding disorder <laughs> whacked out poo brains and yeah and only live to be six probably definitely would have had white eyes or something yeah yeah i i don't think you get super strength from that but it's about (laughs) evolution survival of the fittest um all the genes that we need to survive in an underground (laughs) dwelling survive she absolutely has a vitamin d deficiency there's (laughs) meg Meg, for someone who loves incest as much as you i would think that you had a better understanding of what incest caused i mean look at prince charles king charles he's got giant sausage fingers He's he, just look at him. He's, he's got a goddamn no chin. He's got a fucking. I'm, I'm making a joke. Brian. Underbite. You are getting so serious about incest because you are very <laughs> sincerely concerned about it. Well, I mean, it's a it's like the Habsburg, uh, you know, offspring type of thing of like the old like Austro-Hungarian mm-hmm. Empire. And they all like had bird bones and got locked in the basement and shit like that. <laughs> um but this one got eight foot tall and super strong. The, with the room we were missing was that there is an actual gym down there. Oh, you know what? Yeah, she had yeah. she had a set of kettlebells. Deleted scenes. <laughs> kettlebells. Her tits are kettlebells. <laughs> they cut off tits from the last one, mm, and that's and the kettlebells. Kettlebells. Biobells. If, yeah. if you have bigger titties than the one before, you're the one who dies next for the bigger. 
kettlebells. You know? Yes. We, yeah. We, so that's why she a, always wants to get the milk out of there. Cause you know, we need a set. We need a set. <laughs> <laughs> We need a set. <laughs> um, so, um, so yes, yeah, right <laughs> so we need a set. I mean, uh, an absolute unit of a set. Big old set of sand, um, just big old set of sandbags to carry around. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would have so, not survived on there. <laughs> is what I'm I, saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have got eaten pretty quick. I mean, I'll drink, I'll drink a lot of milk, but not that much milk. Um, so anyway, when <laughs> that's, uh, AJ's trying to, trying to escape, um, and, uh, uh, you know, finds the room that, um, you know, the, the mother was like, didn't want to go in basically. Um, and he finds Frank, uh, you know, uh, uh Richard Brake's character, but he's like completely immobile and like all just like old and fucked up. Um, he can't move, you know, really or anything like that. Um, and he finds all these videotapes and it's Frank, you know, and all his victims and it's just, you know, obviously super, super fucked up. Um, and AJ, um, and how does Frank end up getting the gun? Because he's asking for water and then like he, cause yeah. he's nonverbal essentially. And then he's pointing at yeah, the end he's table. He's just all good yeah. up. And he yeah. sent he sends uh, AJ puts the end table next to him. That's right. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he just gets the pistol. Yeah. It. I just yeah, find it pistol. so interesting at that point where how quickly he decided that like what had happened previously to make this situation where they somehow escaped is now the time that he needs to kill himself. No, you know, or, I took like, it as he's been basically rotting away down there, and the mother has been you know, probably doing like the bare minimum to keep him alive, like giving him food occasionally and water occasionally mm-hmm. or something like that. But he's like a complete invalid. Like he can't move. He can't do anything. So his quality of life is like fucked. But, but at that point, the the ego in such a like murderous rapist, you know, I just don't see that being the case of like it, you wanting to kill yourself outside of that you somehow know that you're kind of caught. Mm-hmm. You're, well, I think gotten. it's, I think he, he became a prisoner of his own device in Maybe. that he became something happened. Like he had a stroke or something and there's no one there to help him and no one there to hear him because he's underground and whatever. So he's been down there just surviving in this like living hell for mm-hmm. however long. And he just wants to die but he can't get to the gun because he can't move. Sympathetic, you sound to him right now. No, I'm just saying. I think that's that's his feeling. I think that's his motivation for killing yeah. himself. Maybe. I don't think it has anything to do with anybody ah. escaping. I think he's just like I want out of this. I just feel like there's so much ego in like everything. Just imagine like other stories we would hear of the same situation. It's like there. I think there's just too much ego for that to fully make sense to me. Which again, I'm only going to call it out as maybe a weak point. Well, no, he's he's a he's literally a vegetable. Like he, he is. He, I, I get yeah. what you're saying, but I still think if he like he has survived to this point, like and he can still do what he does. I mean, I guess he can't. Obviously, well, he can't. can't but, That's the but thing. But like, I still think there's this ego to just survive and exist. You know that it. Doesn't I think fully it's. I think it's more out. self. Like I think it's more self. Um, it just self-interest. Yeah. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. things that he's done throughout the years. So yes, I'm sure there was a decision just to be like, no, nope, I'm good now. Like I can't do the actually can't rape people. anymore. Yeah. He can't do the things that he did to satisfy all these, you know, urges and stuff that he had. So he's just like, uh, I'm, you know, I'm done. There's nothing else left. 
so yeah, so you know, Frank, Frank, Frank offs himself, um, and AJ obviously didn't know there was a gun present, um, mm-hmm. and he grabs it, um, and then, uh, uh, and then you know gets the hell out of there, uh, or tries to get back to the tunnels, I, I guess, at that point. Um, mm-hmm. And the mother goes out, I guess, to find Tess. Mm-hmm. Or to find other victims, I, I don't really know, but I do. I, I guess I like the idea that it goes out at night and like snatches people yeah. up. Because like, imagine walking down like a dark street mm-hmm. with no street lights in the middle of this like fucked up neighborhood, and all of a sudden this like seven foot tall, naked, crazy, deformed mm-hmm. person comes out of the shadows. Like that'd be f- that. That's a scene that <laughs> I would have loved I'm to right. saw. <laughs> I mean, if we know her motivation is to be a mother, but she's still murderous, like, I think mm. this is just an interesting dynamic to her character that I, like, I don't think was well fleshed out in this and, like, her yeah. motivation. Because she didn't, I mean, does she know who Andre is? Does she, like, why did she decide? Because we're getting to the point where, okay, Tess is out. So, basically, AJ gets trigger happy when Tess tries to go back and find him, and he shoots her. And this mm-hmm. is that moment we talked about earlier where he tries to have that redeeming factor where he's like, I want to be a good person. I want, like, this is an actual accident. I'm so sorry. I want to make it right. I want to get mm-hmm. you, you, I want to get you help. Let's get out of here. And then, um, obviously the mother comes out after them. AJ finds them and is like, takes them in, but she finds them and she immediately kills Andre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this, this was like, so I'm trying to think of what happens first. It's like, so after AJ leaves, um, oh, yeah, because because Tess is basically waiting for the mother to leave the house and mm-hmm. then hits her with the car. Right. right. Um, and you think, well, you don't think she's dead. They try to play that she's dead, but you're pretty, yeah. you know, you know, she's not dead. Yeah. She she pins her to the house yes. with the with the truck. So it's not like a thing where she ran over her and ran her head over or something like that. It's she pinned her to the wall yeah. and you're probably sure that she's just stuck and alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then she goes in to find AJ at this point. Um, and then that's when AJ accidentally shoots her. He mm-hmm. he comes right. back, you know. He do, he is, uh, so, uh, doesn't assume it's Tess, but you know he's a fucking idiot, and he just starts blasting, um, and shoots Tess, uh, not like mortally wounding her, but mm-hmm. um, and then they both, um, you know, fuck off out of the house, um, and when they get out of the house, they find that, um, you know, the mother has is gone, um, and Andre finds them, and you know, basically, you know, explains what we already have come to pretty much learn is that, you know, it's this just like uh, this deformed. So so she basically not only is she huge and like super strong, apparently, which she she like rips Andre's arm off um, <laughs> at this point. That was pretty sick, though, honestly. I think that it was like a weird odd moment, but I really actually liked that. Yeah, it was. It, it was what it was the only thing to me that I walked out going like, well, that didn't make any damn sense. You know, right. that's cool if she's really big and and strong in the sense that she could like, you know, smash 
Billy Skateboard's heads off, head off the wall and stuff like that. Like, that's fine. And drag people around and manhandle them. But ripping someone's arm off, like, that's a step too far for me. That's like X-Men shit. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's, that's Jason shit. Yeah, that's Jason shit. That's Jason Voorhees shit, which is a little, that one was a little much, but it was cool. Like, I, it was, I, I you know. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the effects and stuff are, are good. And yeah. it's so, it's so played for comedy. Like, this, this whole scene, yeah. I don't love because it starts with the close up pan around of Justin Long giving this monologue mm-hmm. about wanting to be a good person or, you know, am I a bad person? And it, it that is so over the top. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, you probably can't trust this guy. That's right. too much. That's too much. You're overselling it. Mm-hmm. And then he's an, also an actor. So maybe. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. His character is an actor. So like, yeah, he's overselling it. Yeah. But then it cuts to this shot or like they ask, how is the mother not coming in or whatever? And Andre is framed in this flat comedic frame. Like it's perfectly (laughs) straight on. Yeah. And you know exactly what's about to happen because he says it's the frame that somebody normally is in before they get by a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a Buster it's a Buster Keaton frame is what it is because <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. perfectly centered for the action. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, I've been living here for fifteen years and she ain't never come in here. Oh, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then the wall in. busts out. Yeah, yeah. Right. immediately. <laughs> yeah, she Kool Aid fucking Kool Aid mans it through the wall. And yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we should probably say at this point that like she has. I mean, it's assumed that she has the brain function of like like an like an animal you know what i mean yeah. like yeah this is like, yeah she, she has the she has the verbality of just like everything is buh, 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 uh, uh. yeah and it's like yeah okay well you weren't taught well <laughs> yeah yeah well and also you have whacked out poo brains because all the inbreeding yeah. Um, yeah so we had uh uh you know so so she chases them up a water tower which okay um yeah Okay. All right. And there's like this moment where she's like climbing up the water tower after them and AJ just yeets Tess off the water tower (laughs) basically to like throw her like, oh, eat her basically. Or Or save your baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know. If we were in reverse roles kind of thing, you would do the same. You're like, no, yeah. maybe this is like, <laughs> Yeah, he's justifying the whole thing. And this whole thing is like, yeah, there are there's a lot of stuff, especially with Justin Long, that he's that is played for laughs a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. like even like obviously the scene with the um we're about to get to an even more so scene like that, but um even when he was doing the the measuring you know, the, the measuring yeah. of, of the dimensions of the house, you know, preparing to sell, there was like a lot of, you know, c- comedic beats in that there. Was, but we didn't fully touch on it, though, because like that was when he was actually seeing the murder room or like the rape room of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. And instead of being like, oh, my God, this is a rape yeah, room, instead of running shit, out of that like, room. Oh, my God. Do I have more room in this house? Can I make more money off of it? Is this more square footage? Like you're kind of like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, he's a total piece of dog shit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just irredeemable piece of dog shit. So, like I said, he Tess AJ yeets Tess off the water tower, and then the mother like dive bombs off after Tess, and like basically becomes like the thing that the firemen use to like break your fall when you're jumping out of a burning building um but yeah. she's like flying like it almost looks it like she's flying it wasn't i feel like overall for looking at this like uh like 
respectably, it's not a great scene, but at the same time, I loved Mm-mm. it. I loved no, it. No, it's almost like she's like a flying squirrel, like an eight foot tall well, like giant flying squirrel. Your are just still there. You're still yeah. all the things popping. Yeah, and it was just like, so to me, it was like a funny scene, but it wasn't a great scene. No, no. no. Well, the, the physics of it is you're saying, because Tess goes off the tower first, so you're saying that she jumps, the mother jumps down faster than gravity. Yeah. Like a to heavy, get under uh, to get underneath of Tess, <laughs> right? Yeah, like this doesn't scientifically make sense. Maybe it was the tits, guys. Well, this is how I took it because you know that's the old thing is like you know if you drop a penny and a and a bowling ball you know out of a tree first or at the same time which hits the ground first and it's you know neither they hit at the same time it doesn't mm-hmm. matter you know how how heavy you are necessarily, exactly. um, but in this instance for her to catch up to her she would have had to do that thing that they do in like james bond movies where exactly (laughs) like where you're they're always like jumping out of an airplane you know but then if you like turn yourself into like a bullet bill and like point your body you can go super fast okay guys i have a theory Jetpack titties. <laughs> yeah. Jetpack titties. <laughs> yeah, that's a band the name milk, for sure. The milk expressed <laughs> there was so much pressure behind her titties <laughs> that it pushed her down faster. Yeah, yeah, there We're you also go. now understanding that I, I'm just going to go with titties save lives is really what I'm getting yeah. after here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, the, you know, the mother getting underneath. I'm imagining as she's jumping, she's farting and just projecting herself down with a oh, giant yeah. inbred fart. Um, oh, jetpack. Let's go. Um, but then, like, she becomes this protective thing again. Yeah. Titties save lives, y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big, I mean, like, f- big 40-pound tits. Like, you need those <laughs> when you're falling from a, from a no, height. I understand. Um, I understand that life. But, uh, yeah, so uh, then AJ has this, like, basically, yeah, like you said, he's like, well, you would have been in the same situation or whatever. Um, and then <laughs> the mother is like, wait, I'm still alive. Hey. And just pops up. And then uh, gouges out uh, um, AJ's eyes, which is that. that's so always good. a great, satisfying kill when someone Bless. you really hate gets their eyes gouged out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, 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 and then you, splits the skull. Yeah, you love to see it. You love to see it. Just put, I, like, yeah. just thinking back, I couldn't have imagined Zach Efron in this role because I feel like Justin Long is like adorable boy next door enough where he could still be a douchebag and you can hate him and believe mm-hmm. it. Whereas I think Zach Efron would have been harder to hate and you would have been like, I, I this seems too fake. You know what I mean? See, I it's think. the other way around for me. I, I think I would have hated Zach Efron more, but he's not nearly as good of an actor me, as, yeah. as uh, uh, Justin Long. Sure. But Zach Efron, um, it, I, I, who else would it have been? Like, it, it does feel like someone who's like, like stupidly handsome would have been a great option. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. He doesn't seem... I don't know. I just Zach Efron. I don't think I've ever seen a movie that I liked him in ever. <laughs> I you know who else could have played the Zach or, or Jesus the Justin Long role? Mm-hmm. I think would have worked pretty decently. Jesse Eisenberg. Oh yeah, I could see that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it's funny because I, Justin Long. I like when he first came on the scene with like dodgeball and stuff. I would have put him in the Jesse Eisenberg and and the uh, what, what's the kid from. Um, uh, super bad. Uh, not Jonah Hill, but the other one, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. I would have put yeah. all three of them in that like lovable, um, cute dork kind of yeah. you know waters. And then mm-hmm. Michael Sarah, with a few exceptions, pretty much stayed on that path forever. Yeah. 
And then Justin Long switched it up. Like he plays mm-hmm. bad guys too. Right. So I think that's, and I don't know if that speaks to like more of a range as an actor. I kind of get the feeling of those three people we mentioned. Justin Long's probably the best actor. Um, but I don't know. I would have, I would have clumped those all three of those together. Like Jesse Eisenberg is mm-hmm. good, but we've seen something. him in bad roles. I feel like what's, I feel like it was a Marvel role. Like he played. Well, I mean, eh, no, that sucks. Cause you're thinking of when he played Lex Luthor. Well, no, no, I mean, oh, no, no, I'm yeah. saying like he had the, yeah. I'm like, he had the capability even to like play a, like a bad person role. Right. But I, th- I think the better example of that is the social network. Sure. Yeah. Cause he's like, he's a real piece of shit in that movie. Well, yeah. 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 No, no. I think that, that I totally could agree. That was probably a better example, but like, I, all I'm saying is like, I think Michael Cero, I don't think I've ever seen him in a role where he might've been a, like a bad character. Um, he, he was a, uh, that movie, this is the end. Yeah, wasn't that's he what a, I was going to say. Wasn't he a big piece of shit? Well, yeah. and that was the joke: is he's like America's sweetheart, but he's like a total oh. piece of shit in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like, and everyone else who you know, um, you know, you would have thought might have been like total pieces of shit in the movie are like, you know, all the. I mean, they kind of all are, I guess, a little bit. But mm-hmm. the idea is like the guy who you would think is the one nice guy of the group is the biggest is the piece worst. of shit. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he's raw dogging chicks and drinking out of jute boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's just like up doing a bunch of coke and just like yeah. getting fucking out of control. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I could see, I could see Jesse Eisenberg. I think is too nerdy. Like he can't, he couldn't play leading man. Like not, he couldn't play handsome, uh, 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 you know, stud uh, sitcom star leading man kind of guy. Um, mm. I don't know. Maybe maybe he could. But I don't know. anyway, he uh, uh um. Yeah, so uh, we're we're kind of in the vi- the last couple minutes of the movie here, but uh, the mother, you know, she wakes up after and, you know gouges out AJ's eyes and fucks his head all up, and then she takes Tess back, she, like she's going to take her back to the house, which is what she came to do. Tess, kind of unexpectedly, I didn't see this coming. I'll be honest. Um, Tess, uh, just, you know, still has Frank's gun, which you didn't know. Um, and shoots her in the head, um, which is like where she, uh, this is like the last moment where I had that emotional connection. I was like, she was like, baby, you know, like, like she, you, you're like her intentions with Tess were always still genuine because Tess was always kind of like, I get what's happening here. And I get that she's not actually going to hurt me because I know what she wants. And then all of a sudden you get that moment and she's like, nope. Yeah, motherfucker. So I got kind of sad for two seconds, but knowing that this creature should have fucking died because she was going to do best about it. Anywho. Yeah, quality of life yeah. probably wasn't that great down there or anything uh, either. Yeah, uh, I mean, I get, I, yeah, I mean, living in tunnels, I've heard is not great. <laughs> also, Tess was about to start a new job. She can't be living in a tunnel yeah. when she's got to go to work for the she documentary. She missed the start date because she's been was in the tunnel for two weeks. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. missed the phone call. Well, and also I, I got to assume that. Ha- so how is an eight foot tall giant monster woman surviving in that basement? She's got to be eating people, right? I'm assuming she's eating people Ooh, or um, garbage or she's I mean, out eating garbage like a damn eight foot giant titted raccoon out in people's <laughs> trash cans maybe, at night. This is a crime the future twist where she's like adapted to eat something completely different. Like rocks. She's just eating rocks. <laughs> yeah. Or actually, 
the other houses. She's eating the other mm-hmm. houses. <laughs> That's what happened yeah. to the other houses. Yeah. She's eating insulation. Yeah. <laughs> can I can can I pose something to the group? I would love for you to. Because there is something that really bugs me about this film that mm. is kind of like it's kind of like a plot hole almost. Okay. Twice in the film, we are introduced to the listing agent, the person who is renting out the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the the person denies Tess and Bill's skateboard, like when they're talking about the the double booking, mm-hmm. and she just kind of hangs up on them and leaves them on hold, doesn't, you know, doesn't address it. And then when AJ tries to call her, she says, oh, this hasn't been rented out at all. Despite the fact she previously acknowledged that it had been Maybe. rented out. Me? Okay, I, I hear you. So this is, this is yeah, this is what I'm proposing. The person on the other line, the person on the other line of this call is the one who's actually the ter- the caretaker of the house. She might be the mother of the mother. That's, yeah, no, I would, I would go along with that, is that I feel like if the plot hole that I think that we have to put together that it was not given to us is that exactly what you just said is what mm. as soon as you said it i'm like would make total sense to me if that was the case yeah. it was one of like the mothers or someone of the family or there was something missing with frank's character that was like yeah that's what i thought it was like she was she was maybe. well not or or just someone that like you know was in cahoots with frank somehow yeah because yeah. because if we take it at face value of that when she tells AJ that the house hadn't been rented out for however long, like then who the fuck was putting the listing up? You know, mm-hmm. okay. So here again, I, I like that you pointed this out because I think the only other character. So when we we didn't fully touch on Frank's little story there, but we like in his story the one house that he went to that he ended up opening the window to and left. Mm-hmm. There was nothing else after that, but it, but what we assume is that he is going to go into this house. He is going to like capture this person and torture them and possibly kill them, rape them, whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. where is that character? Could that be a like Stockholm syndrome? Uh, shout out yeah. to Scandinavia again. Uh, like character that could be somehow related. Yeah, and mm-hmm. AJ does find her dress later in the basement. So. Oh, that's yeah. true. I I, want, yeah. I always uh, like I, I mean, during the movie, I didn't really think about that too much. Um, I mean, it could be that it's one of those things. I also just took it as like there was no like in a neighborhood like this, like there was one decent house in the neighborhood and like somebody was, you know, so they were doing something sketchy on the side where they mm-hmm. had basically created an Airbnb account for this place and were just letting people stay there. And pocketing the money instead of actually trying to rent it out like they said they were going to. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just took it as like, this is a fucked up neighborhood. They do what they want. It's the fucking Wild West out here. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe I'm wrong and the timeline makes sense, but it just feels like it doesn't make sense to me. Maybe yeah. I missed something. But, yeah, I feel like maybe that maybe that lady on the other line had something to do with well, all this. I mean, mm-hmm. we look at the character list. Was uh, Kate Bosworth character Melissa, who was on the phone with AJ? I'm trying to like put two and two together because I forget the names of like the people he was on the phone with while seeing characters on this list and seeing uh, yeah. like, who could be that person that could have been like who was the real estate agent? Like, which one was it? Yeah, I mean, it could have been Melissa, because uh, I'm trying to think, because 
Catherine was the documentary director. Mm-hmm. And then AJ's mom is listed as AJ's mom. So, yeah, maybe it's uh, the other one. It could be is Sarah Paxton. Yeah. That's right. it. Yeah. No, what what uh, about Bonnie Zane? Like uh, Sophie Sorensen. Sarah Paxton was the um, was in the um, nursing video. That oh. right. the voice in there. She was also AJ AJ's assistant, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. Well, I mean, she has like three different credits. So yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. she played yeah. a few different parts, but but she wouldn't have been the real estate person. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, so. I, mean, I see like a Bonnie Zane down at the bottom with Sophie Sorensen, and mm-hmm. um, that was yeah. I feel like there's just a couple things. I, I I'm glad you pointed out that plot hole because I think that's a pretty significant one. That again, I think it just weakens the movie overall. Yeah, yeah. It, the, just the other thing that just like kind of threw me is like the the ending, kind of that last thirty minutes. It, it felt like a sprint, mm-hmm. and you you kind of alluded to it earlier. Meg is saying like how you know once they give up the ghost and you find out what everything is, you know, then it just kind of moves because mm-hmm. yeah, because it's trying to not be boring because you right. now know all the tricks behind everything. Mm-hmm. But like it just felt too fast to me. It mm-hmm. felt like just like a total sprint of like, OK, well, they got to get out of the basement then they got to get to the tower. Then they got to fall off the tower. Then they kill. And then it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, where like everything up to that has been so lingering. And again, back to that darkness and oppression. It is so much like the first half of the descent mm-hmm. and. Uh, like the they take all that time following Richard Brake's character through the 1980s, and you know it's all just a lot of lingering and you know not a whole lot happening, yeah. and then it turns into a sprint, and it's kind of yeah. like I could only eh. imagine like how that ending would have felt though if they didn't do that. But I I agree mm-hmm. with you. Like I guess that I already said it. Like it felt too. It just felt like. Yeah, let's just get to this end. Like, we know what's going to happen. Just how does it happen? Mm -hmm. I have a feeling the director's cut of this movie was probably like two and a half hours long. Totally. And then then they were like, well, guys, if we're going to do a theatrical, we got to keep it under two hours. And they just cut a bunch of shit out Mm -hmm. of it. Possible, Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because they they obviously based the marketing really like on the setting up that there was going to be a twist. Like to get people in, you've got, you know, Bill Skarsgård, you've got people you know, in the theater. Now you're going to get the buzzworthiness because you're going to do this big old, you know, twist that, um, and, and if you look online right now, like I know it's in the theaters right now, but like they, you could tell they have done a lot of effort to kind of suppress the big twist thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, you know, a big studio knows how to, you know, market it and sell tickets kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it does feel fast towards the end. And I have a feeling that's probably because they were like, we got to keep this under two hours. So people come see it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. But um, anyway, so yeah, but you do get that like final, you know, scene of Tess, you know, walking off, you know, all, all fucked up and, you know, traumatized by the whole situation so it'd be really funny if we could just end this like but did she get the job yeah <laughs> and then fast forward to yeah. like she got the job 
piece of shit job. Shouldn't even applied for it. She's living in the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I was surprised that they didn't do something with that and like that it like she brought the documentary team back to the house. Mm -hmm. Cuz like that's a that's a story, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, you almost <laughs> wanted you almost expected there to be like a post-credit sequence or something that wasn't yeah. there. And then there's like a jump scare because they bring the documentary team back to the basement to check everything out. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, there's a brother. Yeah. And then all, all exactly. of a sudden they just get slapped in the face with a big old titty. Oh and just, my, no, it'd be a dick at that point. Yeah, it's it's a brother. Just a just yeah. big old mushroom yeah, stamp on the camera lens. Wow. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Hey, come on. Yeah, might. you don't know. If, if inbreeding can like, make you. I said that today, but in, in two different, three different references. <laughs> Big old dog. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, listen, at this point, if living in this cinematic universe, inbreeding can literally do anything. Mm -hmm. It can make you eight foot tall, super why strong. you're coming after me about incest when you just said what you just said. So fuck you. What I'm saying is this movie is stupid in that it says that much <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the same way the hills have eyes made a lot of people overly strong yeah but that was also mm -hmm. radiation inbreeding so yeah, yeah that was that was yeah. there there was there was some yeah there was some radiation um, does nuclear a, a shit happening breeding guys mm -hmm. yeah yeah it makes yeah. us makes the sperm strong gives the sperm three tails <laughs> <laughs> You guys seen that fish on The Simpsons? I mean, oh, very God, much like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, um, that was about this one. Yeah, <laughs> that was Barbarian. Um, overall, fun flick. Happy I yeah. saw it. Um, mm -hmm. Does it deserve the crazy hype that it's getting? Man, nah, maybe not. Probably not. Not in my mind. It was fine. It was good. It's a good movie. Totally enjoyable. Happy mm -hmm. I saw it. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, people were talking about it's the you know the best horror movie of 2022 and all this stuff. And like. That's, it's, it's good though yeah it's good i just want to meet the people who have been hyping it like i just feel like those are bought and sold ads like that's what makes me so mad I well they that. all do that like that old adage of like this is the scariest movie since the exorcist and all this shit yeah. you see and like okay and it I, makes me respect people less brian mm. <laughs> i already don't respect a lot of people so that just yeah makes me it's respect it, people i should respect less yeah. I know I, it's I, I horror marketing has become like a very strange thing. That's why I, I tend to the movies that I tend to really end up liking are, um, you know, with the exception of of, um, you know, Malignant um, mm. are not, you know, significant budget films that have any type of promotion. So I can go in with no expectations. I prefer to see yeah. the list of like underrated or underhyped movies because i found a couple of good ones on there in the past you oh, know what yeah. i mean like oh, yeah. great, like people who are like actually watching movies and being like let's actually look at the scare factor here this mm. would have not been i think yeah. they needed to do it to sell the movie but anywho i don't want to talk too much shit because i did like a lot of things about it mm. and like i said before cinematography was really interesting and cool and i felt like created this sense the music and like the soundscape was like great for it it definitely makes you feel things throughout it um production anyway. was almost kind of a 24 y i would say yeah. the, in the first half of the movie sure. in the first half i would yeah. say like the music really really sells this film it's mm -hmm. so john carpenter-esque mm -hmm. but it's also like again it beats you over the head in a lot of scenes which it goes perfectly with a lot of cinematography so yeah yeah, yeah. it's very uh, abrasive it's very like claustrophobic like you're trapped you feel trapped in every scene yeah. you guys are both more worse than like obviously like movies in general but i'm curious like 
if you've seen that sort of movement with like the camera shots, because I feel like there was movement throughout it that um, I hadn't really personally experienced yet that I liked. There's, there's, a, I would say a lot of films do that. This, this was interesting because when they switched to that Richard Brake flashback, it changes the lens to a fisheye lens, mm. and it almost feels like a fucking music video. Yeah, yeah it's true. It, it felt like you're in Truman yeah. Show all of a sudden mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, that was shot strangely. I the one thing that I thought was pretty good was like the way they shot lighting was really good. I, mm-hmm. I felt like 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 when you walked in and he you know Bill Skarsgård's hidden by the the they they obviously used it to smooth out some of the weird edges that would have been there you know with a lower budget film like especially like the outdoor scene like you would have been able to tell if it wasn't pitch black and raining for the most part that all those other houses just like weren't real, you know what I mean? Right. So they did a really great job made that felt like it was a lot more believable with, uh, with the lighting and stuff. But, um, from a like shot composition perspective, the one thing that I didn't think about when I was watching it, but I, uh, I, you know, saw somebody in an interview talk about that. I was like, Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense was how they really tried to make everybody, Everybody and everything, whether it be the house or anything like dwarf Tess, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. she they always tried to make her look small in comparison. And it was this whole idea of like everything is a threat to her. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. she's like obviously being super diligent about the whole thing. So it was like and I and I, I listened to Zach Craiger talk about how, you know, he wanted it to see like she was she did everything right, pretty much for them, you know, for the most part. And then, you know, ultimately was still victimized in this way or whatever. But then he also <laughs> I it was weird. So I'll, I'll say this and not to end on a negative note, because I, like I said, I like the movie. But listening to him talk about the movie made me like it less mm. <laughs> because first uh, yeah. of all, he, first of all, he, I'm, I don't I don't love saying this, but he seems like kind of a fucking douchebag. Um, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. And then also he was like talking about all this symbolism of the snake and the mongoose. Well, and, like, imagine that's like what you said, this is his first feature film too. I mad like he's yeah. like overly artistic of sorts type vibe. I but guess, no, he's, but. he's kind of been that way. Like it, I used to watch, uh, they would do live streams because like they were working on other whitest kids, you know, projects oh, yeah. and they were and they were funding them by doing like these live streams. Mm. And but sometimes just listening to him talk, he he, I, he sometimes feel like feels like he's up his own ass a lot. Oh, yes. So. Very like masturbatory, like Hollywood insider. You know, he yeah. talks like somebody who is doing an impression of a screenwriter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's a little much, but you know, he's talking about all this like symbolism and all this type of stuff. And I was like, Oh God. So, uh, it yeah. kind of, it's, it, I, I will probably never watch this movie again for that reason. <laughs> it's just like, cause now I'm just going to equate it with him kind of sounding like a douchebag. Um, but you know what, yeah. if he comes out with another movie, you know, I'm sure he'll get an opportunity to direct another horror mm-hmm. movie after this one's been such a success. I'll definitely go see it. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think he's talented. It's just like sometimes listening to him talk is grating. Yeah. Um, to end on a further down note past mm-hmm. Brian mm-hmm. to take it further. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to look into a real life case, it's uh, the, the story of Joseph Fritzel. 
it was uh he was just this austrian monster who like held his daughter and the their incestuous kids in a basement like cavernous structure that he built himself oh boy yeah so i think i think this movie is probably based on that at least in part Mm. just just with the you know very the the parallels between like incestuous kids and incest with your kids Mm. and then you know basement structures it's just like ugh. yeah yeah super unpleasant yeah Yep, it's uh, uh, you know, pretty fucked up story. Like I said, they 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 do inject some levity to make it not just feel completely icky the entire time. Um, but yeah, absolutely worth a watch. I mean, now that you've listened to this, if you hadn't watched it before this, and now you were spoiled, maybe it's not as worth it as it was uh, before. But um, yeah, like I said, to- totally enjoyed the film and, and would see something else uh, uh, by Zach Cragger. So and and the performances really, you know, to reiterate, the performances really are what you know, put it over the top, I think for me, because mm-hmm. if, if you had that whole thing that happened with, um, you know, Billy skateboards and Tess, and then all of a sudden you're just jolted into another scene that far in, if, if the characters in that were lame <laughs> and not entertaining, you'd be like, Oh fuck, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, it, but, but, um, uh, you know, what's his name uh uh oh my god i've said his name a hundred times justin long Mm -hmm. he does a great job so he he keeps you interested indeed so all right guys that is barbarian 20 and 22 um remember guys uh go ahead and follow us on the old social medias for uh updates as far as when episodes release but they uh they uh typically uh release on monday um and if you've got any suggestions for us we're starting to plan out everything that's going to be happening for the balance of the year here guys if you got any suggestions around certainly spooky season but also right after that guys we'll be hopping into thanksgiving horror we'll be hopping into some fucking christmas horror which is one of my favorite subgenres. um so if you have any type of topics to chat about um for that uh you know that that remainder of the year please throw them in the old dms and give us some suggestions we love to uh uh we love to do those if you can so um anything else i'm forgetting no that's pretty much it All right. Well, join us next week, uh, boys and ghouls, uh, for another mini-sode. And then the week after that for our showdown episode. And for the Halloween Forever crew, I'm Brian. I'm Meg. I'm Steve. All right. See you around. Bye. Bye.